Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. We ended up agreeing on 220. I signed it the very next day for 10 grand and closed in five days. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode and the interview with our best ever guests, I want to mention Fund That Flip because Fund That Flip is an online lender that gives you fast, convenient access to really affordable money that you need for your flip project. So if you're doing residential flips, then the main thing I imagine that you're focused on uh, or the main two things are the deal and the money. Uh, So if you've got the deal pipeline but you need access to cash and you want to build a reputation within a, uh, a group that will continue to invest their dollars into your deals, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Uh, the, the founder of Fund That Flip is Matt Rodak, and he's actually one of my very first guests on the show. It's episode number seven. Um, so if you have a chance, go check that out too. familiarize yourself with Matt and um, what he's all about. But when you're needing money and you want an online lender that provides fast, convenient access to affordable capital for your flipping projects, then Fund That Flip's the way to go. Their team has over 200 deals under their belt. And uh, you can actually, this is crazy, you can actually be approved immediately within 30 seconds once you put in your information. Uh, so go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever and get some money for your flipping projects. Hi, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and we've got a great show lined up for you today. This show is all about cutting out the fluffy stuff, getting straight to the best advice that moves your business forward. Barbara Corcoran's given her best ever advice, Robert Kiyosaki, Jay Papazan, the author, the co-author of many best-selling books with Gary Keller, the founder of Keller Williams. And today we've got a another best ever guest, Risha Davis. How you doing, Risha? I'm doing great, Joe. Thanks. Her background is is really interesting because she's just started in January of 2014. So it's been, well, uh, today is, or we're in October of 2015. So it, it's been less than two years. And she started wholesaling at that time, and she's done 30 deals since then. And in between... 
she has had a child. So she's been very busy on multiple fronts. Her and her husband own 11 properties in the Phoenix, Arizona area. And I asked her for her interesting non-real estate related fact. And she said she's a proud mother of two. And we're going to go with that because I, <laughs> if you know, that, that's, that's clearly a top priority for you and just love to hear it. So Risha, with that being said, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on? Sure. Again, Joe, thanks for having me on the show today. And um, my background is that, you know, I'm very fortunate and very lucky to have grown up in a family that uh, was very loving and supportive of of any ventures that my brother or I tried out. And uh, one of the things that I remember most about my childhood is that my dad was a realtor and he had the flexibility to be there for my brother and me every day when we needed to be transported to or from school or any of our sporting events. So fast forward to 2009 when my husband and I attended a Rich Dad seminar and we could visualize massive success when we attended that. And we um, signed up for their advanced training and it took us two years to complete their courses. And then that's when we bought our first rental property. Um, And since then, we've continued to just build on the passive income side of our portfolio. So in 2013, I was still working in corporate America And after having our first son, I knew I had to make a change. I needed to be around for him like my dad was for me. And I'm sure there are some best ever listeners out there that can relate to feeling hypocritical when you tell your child to dream big and go out there and do amazing things, all the while we as parents are, you know, being martyrs in a nine to five. So I knew I had to follow my own advice, and at the end of 2013 is when I took the leap into wholesaling and managing our rental portfolio full-time. When did you buy your first house? We actually became accidental landlords in 2009 uh, by just you know moving out of one house and buying another, but then we bought our first rental as a rental in 2011. All right. In 2011, you bought your first rental. So that would be property number two in your portfolio. And now in 2015, you've got 11 properties. So you've gotten nine since then, since 2011. What in the Rich Dad advanced training, what did you learn? And in your opinion, was it worth the money? And how much did you pay? (laughs) You know, it was worth the money. um, Because when you put some skin in the game, and you actually have a vested interest in using that education, you know, it was worth every penny. And we definitely spend in the tens of thousands of dollars to take those courses. Um, And it it was a big step for us. Uh, We learned a lot about the overall different ways to invest in real estate. And they actually were the first ones to show us about wholesaling and how you can wholesale. Okay. And when you say tens of thousands, are we talking probably around 50? We're more in the 20 to 30. 20 to 30. Okay. And that took two years to, to do. You Were you investing during that time? You know, not really. We were paying, honestly, we're paying off the debt from those courses. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we were paying that off and there was still a little bit of that analysis paralysis at the time. So in 2011 is when we finally just pulled the trigger and bought our first rental. Okay. 
In 2011, you pulled the trigger, bought your first rental, your second property total, and how did you finance it? We actually did bank financing. So we found a property or a bank uh, that was still investor friendly in 2011, which was pretty hard to believe. And all the other banks that we talked to for investment properties wanted 30, 35% down. And we used First Bank and they at the time were able to lend at 20% down and they were able to do the underwriting in the name of an LLC, which was pretty unheard of at the time. So that's the property, the second property you have, first investment property. How did you go from 2 to 11 between then and 2011? And what month was it in 2011? That was at the beginning of 2011. Okay, beginning of 2011 to now pretty much the end of 2015. How have you gone from 2 to 11? So we just got better at our skill and at our craft, I think. And we got less scared about taking the risk because we are just constantly educating ourselves and constantly staying on top of the market. So, you know, we stayed at about four rental properties. And then we all at the end really of last year and then this year we have ramped it up and we have bought, let's see, we bought six so far this year. So we went, you know, we jumped from four to 11 pretty quickly. Okay, let's get into some specifics. How are you funding the, let's talk about the, I guess the ones this year, you've bought six this year. How are you funding them? We did some of the house or properties we bought were condos and we financed those. We didn't finance those. We bought those cash. And then we also were able to refinance our portfolio partway through the year and that was able to give us some hand or put some hands on our equity and use that equity to buy other properties. And then in addition to that, we just picked up two houses through seller carrybacks. Okay. And can you elaborate on what a seller carryback is and how you can pick up houses that way? Sure. So uh, the seller carryback is when the seller of the property is acting as the bank or as your lender. And this particular deal was a deal that was found through a partner of mine uh, that does a lot of wholesaling. And he had just called her on the phone and asked if she was looking to sell her rental property. And just so happens she did, but she was only willing to sell them if she could finance the deal so she could have some income coming in every month. And so he knew that I was looking for something similar to that. And essentially, we didn't put any money down on the deal. And we bought at about 85% of the market value of the two houses. And there are tenants in place to take care of our payment to the seller. And then when the leases are up in the beginning of next year, then it will allow us to increase our profit margin on both of those houses because they're currently under market. Can we take one of those two houses and get into the numbers as far as purchase price, how much you're having to pay every month to the seller, how much you're receiving in rent, expenses, that type of stuff? Sure. So we actually, because the contract is both of them together, it's pretty simple to do them together. So essentially we bought two houses for $230,000. We put $0 down, like I said. Our payment to her is $1,700 a month, and that includes taxes and insurance. And right now, 
both houses are rented for about eight fifty each, so we're breaking even on the numbers. And then, like I said, when the leases come up next at the beginning of next year, we'll be able to increase the rents on both houses so that we'll be cash flowing probably about one hundred and fifty a month. One hundred and fifty dollars a month total. Yeah. What about the expenses for the property as well, like maintenance and things like that? So right now they are rent ready because there's already tenants in there. So we have had no initial expense. We did go through with the inspection and we made sure that everything is working and is functioning properly. When expenses do come up, the way we set them up with our tenants is that they are responsible for the first $75 of any maintenance call. Uh, and then we take care of it after that, unless the maintenance is, you know, an issue of their neglect, in which case then they're responsible for the entire bill. Okay. So the 1700 a month includes taxes and insurance, uh, but as far as maintenance, what year were they built? These ones were built in the 70s. In the 70s. Okay. So maintenance will come up for sure, right? And on the turnover, if you, it sounds like uh, if you increase the rent and you have turnover, then there's going to be some expenses there. But what is your long-term strategy with these two properties as far as your agreement with the seller and what you're looking to do with them? So our agreement with the seller is that we will hold them and not resell or refinance for at least three years. And then she's willing to hold the note for five years. And then we have to either refinance, sell, or renegotiate our terms with her. And so our opinion on this purchase, and this is something that I learned from uh, a mentor of mine, uh, Mr. Dan Valentine Sr., is that you have to look at the overall cost to get into a property. And if you can spread out the cost over a longer period of time, then you can afford to pay a little higher purchase price because you have a longer amount of time to really have to bring money to the table or bring cash to the table. So that's kind of how we look at the maintenance requests or the maintenance items that will come up on these two properties. And then in three years, three to five years, uh, you'll do, like you mentioned, the refinance where you'll have uh, hopefully you'll have enough equity in there where you don't have to put any money into the property down because you've got the equity spread so you can just refinance it out or you sell it or you renegotiate with her. Are you getting the principal pay down on the mortgage over this period of time? Yes. Okay. So you're getting the equity build up through the principal pay down over by paying off the mortgage over the three years. Exactly right. With the properties that you mentioned you picked up you bought some through with cash and then you bought some when you refinance your portfolio. What lender did you use to refinance your portfolio and what was that experience like? Any, any learnings that you can share with us? You know, we used a bank in Arizona called Midfirst Bank and it's actually in a couple other states as well. And they are a great lender to work with. So our experience was wonderful. They were very investor friendly. They understood exactly what we were trying to do. And um, they have the ability to really make the decisions in house, which uh, was a big deal because when you go to Wells Fargo or you go to Chase or you go to some of these larger branches, nobody that you're actually talking to uh, has any power to make a decision or, or care about your individual circumstances. 
So for us, it was definitely a breath of fresh air to talk to MidFirst and be able to refinance with favorable terms and speed and ease. And it was just an overall great experience. So I definitely suggest to everyone to really look for your local banks and look for banks that are willing to make decisions based on your circumstances and not only on what the other banks are are doing. With the refinance portfolio, what loan the value did you need to have in the portfolio? What type of interest rate? What you have to put? Like, can you get into some of the numbers there? It was eighty percent down, or eighty percent, eighty to twenty. Sorry, it was, yeah. So eighty twenty is the ratio, and um, let's see, the interest was four point nine five percent. Okay, and it is a fifteen year note. Uh, amortized in 10 years or amortized over 15 years, balloon in 10. Got it. And amortized over, you said amortized over how many years? 15. 15 um, and due in 10. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. So for you know, best ever listeners who aren't familiar with that, I'm, I'm sure everyone is, but basically the loan balance is divided by 15 and you have to, but you have to pay it off in 10 or it's due in 10. So at the end of 10 years, you'll have a balloon payment worth of five years um, remaining. So you got to either refinance or, or sell or pay pay that off in cash. Is that right? Yep, that's correct. How many properties did you refinance in that portfolio? Let me see. I believe it was six. And did you have to come out of pocket or did you have enough equity built up in it so that you just use the equity no it was just it was a cash out refinance okay you looking up that number no sorry oh it is six final answer (laughs) (laughs) all right risha what's the best real estate investing advice ever you know my best real estate investing advice ever would be to find a mentor in your local market be teachable and just go out there and take action with your approach that you've you've taken you and your husband have taken with the Rich Dad Poor Dad series or the the education and then finding a local mentor. What would you say is is a disadvantage to any of that? And I know you're a major proponent of it. I'm just trying to get kind of two sides of things. So what would you say of, is a disadvantage of doing any of that? Of taking the like of taking large courses or having yeah, basically taking large courses exactly. So I think the, you know, I think that there are way more advantages than disadvantages. The disadvantage that I would say of taking a large corporate type course is that you may or may not be fortunate enough to find somebody that is a local investor and local to your marketplace. So for me, I think that was one thing that I kept, my husband and I kept going back and forth about was, do we hire a mentor to come to our marketplace and spend, you know, three, four, five days with us? Or do we, you know, network within our local RIA clubs and local real estate clubs and find a mentor here uh, that already is familiar with this marketplace? And we were very blessed to run into a mentor here and really be taken under his wing in Phoenix. How did you come across your mentor in your local area? So when we first started the Rich Dad courses uh, in 
2010, we would go to all the local RIA club meetings and we would just be immersed in all the real estate club meetings that we could be. And there was one gentleman, uh, Mr. Dan Valentine Sr., who you could tell was very knowledgeable and he seemed to be essentially a local real estate mogul. And he might have never known, but I had a feeling one day he would be my mentor. And so, you know, I had my first son in 2013, and that was the first time that I had taken about a three or four month uh, hiatus from these from these meetings. And uh, the first day I went back to the meeting, Mr. Valentine was there, and he told me that he had started a deal finders club. And essentially, this was a free club where he taught people um, anybody really, how to find wholesale deals and how to sell them. And I went to his club and I stood up and introduced myself on the first day. And I said, hi, I'm Risha Davis. And I am here because I want to learn how to wholesale deals, but I want to get out of corporate America and I don't want to jeopardize my lifestyle. And, you know, he told me, as do many people tell anybody that says that is don't quit your date job just yet. And so the next month that I saw him, I went up to him and I said, hey, Mr. Valentine, guess what? I quit my job and I'm going to wholesale full time. And his response was, well, that's not very bright. And he probably told me to go ask for my job back. But little did he know I was out to prove it to myself, to my family, to him, this real estate mogul that I had what it took and that I could do it. And So from then on, I started listening to every piece of advice he gave and every instruction he gave, and that's when I learned to be teachable. So when he he gave a lot of the same instruction I got in that first Rich Dad course, but when he said, write these basic wholesale yellow letters on legal pad in red ink and send it in an invitation style envelope, I did. And he (laughs) said, don't stop doing it if you don't get calls. So I kept sending them. And when he told me, go out and knock on doors and ask people if they want to sell their house, I went and I did it. And I never questioned his advice. And what happened was that I started making the phone ring and I started getting deals. And, um, you know, he could see that I was getting a lot of leads and he could buy some of my deals and others he couldn't. And so he taught me then how to structure wholesale deals that were or how to wholesale subject to, or wraps, or seller carrybacks, and then I could structure more deals that way. So as a result, I became an expert in creative structuring creative finance deals and how to wholesale them. I have many outlets to wholesale them, and I can partner with other wholesalers that just don't have that experience yet. So Mr. Valentine passed away last month, and although it was incredibly heartbreaking, I'm so so gracious for the opportunity I had to be one of his students and and really a friend. And I'm fortunate enough to have been blessed with his incredible amounts of knowledge and not one day, you know, should I or do I take that blessing for granted. So it goes back to my real estate investing advice, which is had I delayed in taking that action, I might still be stuck in corporate America and I would have missed out on this great opportunity Yes. in meeting the best mentor I could imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, great. Just a very interesting story. Thank you for sharing that. Thanks. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure, let's do it. All right, first a quick word from our best ever partners. If you need money for your flipping project, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. 
You'll know within 30 seconds if you're approved or not to get money for your residential flip. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Okay, here's a no-brainer. Since you're a real estate entrepreneur, you know that selecting a health insurance plan is a real pain and dealing with the whole process is a pain. That's why I've partnered up with Stride Health and they make the whole process really easy and they have a personal concierge service for you to help you out. They've got a fancy algorithm that helps find the right health plan just for you. And on average, they can save you 400 bucks a year and it only takes 10 minutes. Go to stridehealth.com forward slash best ever. That's S-T-R-I-D-E-H-E-A-L-T-H.com forward slash best ever. Best ever book you've read. Rich Dad Poor Dad. Best ever deal you've done. Before I had done any wholesale deals or closed on any, I went out and I was knocking on doors for leads. One quote that really motivates me all the time that is, today I will do something that others won't. So tomorrow I can do something that others can't. And door knocking fits really well with that quote. And so one day I hit the streets and I was in a neighborhood that I know really well and I knew the values of it. It was actually a neighborhood I wanted to move into myself. And I saw an estate sale sign. I followed that estate sale sign. You could tell that the house was vacant and the gentleman that was running the sale, I asked if he was interested in selling and he told me that he was. Uh, His dad was in a nursing home and they needed to sell quickly. And he was asking, or they would be asking 260 for it. And I told him, well, I'm looking for a house that can be remodeled and, and resold and I'll pay 210 cash for your house now. And he said, He asked, of course, if I was serious, and I told him I was, and we ended up agreeing on 220. I signed it the very next day for 10 grand and closed in five days. So that was my first belief check, my first wholesaling check, and it was a wonderful, wonderful deal. Best ever way you like to give back? Two ways is I donate 10% of profits from each deal to a church, a charity, or a cause. And every month I find at least two ways that I can do something unexpectedly nice for somebody. Like what? Like it can be as simple as buying a Starbucks for somebody or sending a little gift in the mail to somebody I know or a thank you card, a little a little note in the mail, something that people don't receive frequently but are sure appreciated. And how often do you do that? Twice a month at minimum. What would you say is the biggest mistake you've made in real estate so far? I'd say uh, my biggest mistake early on was getting emotionally involved in seller situations. So this mistake that I can think of almost cost me thousands of dollars. There was a very motivated seller who called me on Thursday night. It was like eight o'clock at night that she called and her, she needed me to come and buy her dad's house because her mom had just died the week before. And the funeral was the week upcoming on Wednesday. And she said, I need $15,000 cash on Tuesday or the deal can't go through. And I said, okay, well, let me see what I can do. So I put it under contract Thursday at like nine at night. And I called my title agent who stayed working there till one in the morning. And the other issue was that it was Memorial Day weekend. So she needed, Oh wow! so the only business day between the day that I put it under contract and the day she needed the cash was Friday. So, you know, I had title working on it. I put it out to every outlet I knew. I found a buyer. I assigned the deal. 
but they still needed this 15000 on Tuesday. And the title agent said, because of some other issues in clearing the title, that the earliest that we could close is Wednesday. So the title agent said, you know, if you need to get the 15000 to the seller, give her the 15000 outside of escrow, and then we'll refund the 15000 at closing. You know, I called, you know, I talked to my husband about it, and we were almost on board with lending them the 15000 because we had, I'd gotten so emotionally involved in their situation. And so I called Mr. Valentine, and I said, this is the deal. And he said, you know what? You do not give them any money unless you can secure it with another asset, not the house, something else. And I, they didn't have anything else, and so I still almost went against his advice. But luckily, I talked to a couple other seasoned investors who said, absolutely not. Don't do it. Don't do it. And I ended up not doing it. And I called them and told them I couldn't give them the money on Tuesday, that it would be Wednesday, that they would receive the money. And they, I never spoke to them again. <laughs> so I had... To, they never spoke to you again. <laughs> yeah, they never spoke to me again. And so my buyer had all the money for the purchase of the house in escrow. And title wasn't able to release it right away because the seller was nowhere to be found. And also, a couple months later, I see the house has already been or is being put on the market to be resold and it's already been remodeled. Well, when they closed on the house, when they sold it to the flipper, it must have been in escrow the same time I had it in escrow, but with a different title agent. So they were selling it to two sellers at the same time or two buyers at the same time. And whoever got to the finish line first or potentially they would have, you know, cashed out twice or whatever, but I really could have been at a loss for 15 grand of our money and only because I had been so, I felt so bad for the seller and and their situation. And so the lesson there that I learned is not to get emotionally involved in the seller situations or in with some of the things that go on with buyers and it's it's all business and that's really how you have to keep it in order to be the most successful. What's the best place for the best ever listeners to reach you? You can reach me at my email address, which is reshabuyshouses at gmail.com. And my name is spelled R-E-C-I-A or on my website at reshabuyshouses.com. Reshabuyshouses.com. All right, Risha, this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much for sharing your advice and your story of mentorship and uh, learning and uh, leaving the corporate world, doing 30 deals in 14 months with wholesaling, owning 11 properties right now, and uh, really ramping things up in the, the last three, four years, talking about how you picked up two houses via seller carry back, where the seller of the property is acting as the lender where you bought the two houses for $230,000, put $0 down. Payment to her is $1,700 a month, includes taxes and insurance. Each side's renting for $850. So you're losing a little bit of money on an ongoing basis because of the maintenance and miscellaneous things. But your, your play here is to amortize those costs over the course of the hold period, pay down the mortgage, and at the end have equity enough equity so that when you refinance or if you decide to sell you'll be able to 
get the property with essentially just the money that the little bit of money you paid on, along the way, which would be a very little out of pocket money for two homes. And then you're talking about the, the lesson that you learned with the motivated, the quote unquote motivated seller, the motivated, the motivated liar is really what it was, where they needed, they needed the $15,000 cash on Tuesday. This is a Thursday. It's Memorial Day weekend. And the, the lesson that I took away from it, in addition to, you know, don't get emotionally involved that you mentioned, but what you said is you reached out to people who have the experience in this, in the industry and got their advice. And uh, it's so important. That's one of the reasons why I do the podcast is because I'm able to make new friends with real estate investors who are doing all sorts of different type of investing so that if I come across a question in my own with my business, then I feel comfortable going to some of the best of the best out there in whatever that area is and asking them for you know a quick advice on a particular subject. And that's exactly what you did. And thank goodness, because you've got $15,000 in your pocket that you definitely wouldn't have had otherwise, because they, it just, it just didn't, didn't seem right. And good thing, because they, they were out with ill intent. So thank you again for sharing your advice. And I hope you have a best ever week. And we'll talk to you soon. Great. Thank you, Jeff.